Jeremy Pena has set the stage here for Jordan Alvarez, one of the most feared hitters in the game. Representing the winning run for the Astros. And Alvarez belts it deep to right field. Gets it goodbye. Unbelievable. The Astros a walk-off win. Jordan Alvarez a walk-off three-run homer. And the Astros stun the Mariners in game one of the division series. Incredible. Entertainment capital of the world. Center cut curveball, but it was nasty. It's the TC Martin Show. Verlander deals a 3-2. And a cold strike three. TC Martin. And now the Astros with a runner at first for Alex Bregman. And Bregman sends one deep in the left center field. This is way back. And it is gone. Alex Bregman gets the Astros off the deck. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Verlander with strikeout number nine. The doctor is now in. Glad to have you with us here. It is a terrible Tuesday. The voice is a little rough. Still coming back slowly but surely. The voice is terrible. Thank you. (laughs) Come on, man. Don't don't get me going because you know this opening segment. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose my voice. I'm going to lose my mind. You know that. And, and look what you do. You're, ne- you're never there for support. You want me to stay away. You want me to move to Houston. I kind of do. That would be awesome. You just want me to move there. You want me to go away. I don't understand. You're tied, you're tied to the hip with me, whether you like it or not. It's sure funny, though. A lot of times, you know, when it's time for you know meeting celebrities and going to get food. You want to be tied to the hip then. But then it's like, you want this whole office to yourself. You want this whole studio to yourself. I don't know what you do so much, when I'm gone. It's so I have much, no idea what you're doing or who you're bringing in here when I'm not here. It's so much easier to do the show when you're either away yeah. or like not around at all. It's just great. It's, it's great. It's just, I'm not hearing you, screaming in my ear. You make me feel really good. You know that. You know, like I'm, I'm hoping there's not going to be screaming today, but there is. Well, you know there's going to be screaming. I know. And, and I'm trying to conserve my voice. And it's been tough, man. It's been tough being being on the road uh, a lot, and you know, going to these games, and you're always talking, and and you know, you got to talk loud when you go to games, or then when you go parties and you know, gatherings and all that thing, you have to talk loud because there's a bunch of people, there's music, parties of forty next to you, you're loud as hell, you. Yeah, all, all the all the above. Yeah, it's great. So you know what I'm saying. So it's it's tough. So it's all about you know. And I've been getting tips from people about the voice. And I've always gotten okay. Well, you know, got to do the the hot tea, the honey, all that stuff. And I got that down. I've been doing that for years. But now I'm getting suggestions of of uh, you know fresh fruit smoothies, and all that sort of thing. So I don't know if you're buying into that shot of whiskey, shot of whiskey, shot of whiskey in your hot tea. The, <laughs> I'm not much of a drinker. You know that. I know you're not, but yeah. it, it will, like, just, I'm saying, just like a small shot will help. Is that going to cause hammer time, too? It won't cause hammer time. It won't. <laughs> Can't touch this? Well, I mean, hold on. It, for you, it might, because, like... Lightweight? Lightweight, yeah. you know. <laughs> Listen to you. you never drank with me. What are you talking about? You know? I think the only thing we've ever had is iced teas and Pepsis or whatever your drink yep. of choice was. Is that it? Did you ever have a drink when we went out? No. Huh? Never did. Okay. All right. What do you drink when you go to uh, the strip clubs? Jack and Coke. <laughs> Jame- Jameson whiskey. Look how quick you said that, too. Yeah. I got company coming to town this week, too. 
this this is rough because you know, I just got back from Houston and we got a busy busy weekend with uh, you know got Raiders, got UNLV, we've got boxing, you know. Now I got a I got a wine and dine. Got people want to go to strip clubs. That's uh, is, is that the cure right there? Jack and Coke. Just get a Jack just go and Coke. Jack and Coke, just yep. like that. Jameson and ginger. Yeah, <laughs> Jameson and ginger. Ginger. I've heard that about ginger. It's a really good drink. Really, it's a very. I good heard Sheila is she she's a really uh, a cure. Ginger yes. can be a cure. Ginger can be a. What cure. about Marianne? How's she doing? Uh, no. Nah. No. Nah. You Mar- t- Mary Jane, maybe. Whoa! I know you're in love with Mary Jane. Oh, bro, I'm low key faded, bro. As old uh, Slick Rick used to say, yeah, she's my main thing. She makes my heart sing. She makes me feel all right. Oh yeah, there you go. That's how do we digress that Jack and Coke to Mary Jane to I don't know what. But anyway, all right, there we go. There it is. I thought you wanted to conserve my voice. Because, you know, you start playing no, the jams, what's going to happen? Here's what happens. I just go like this, and you be quiet. You know, today would be a good day for the uh, T.C. Marcho Song Fest. You know how many people back in high school thought that this was about a girl named Mary Jane? You want me to be quiet? I understand. Hold on, you gotta play it out to the first verse, to the chorus. Here's the best part coming. Here we go. I like this part. Ah, yes, the king of the reverb. There you go. You like the little ganja, don't you, Numbchuck? I haven't smoked in 15 years, honestly. <laughs> Derek Lee is going to join us today. How's that segue? Another World Series champion. Yeah, Derek has nothing to do with Mary Jane. Okay? He, he likes the jam. I can guarantee you that. D. Lee, World Series champ, great friend, of course. He is going to join us on the show today as we continue recapping the World Series with World Series champions. How about that? Dave Smoke Stewart yesterday, Chris Bazio yesterday, and then today, Dealey. So that'll be fun. And another uh, guy who played for Dusty Baker. So uh, great stuff with that. All right, so we've got a lot to hit on today. So Dealey will join us. More coming your way. We'll talk Raiders. We'll talk NFL. Uh, again, a look ahead to Week 10. All kinds of great stuff on tap today. Are we going to do what they did on Game 6? What's that? Are we going to look back at 2003? Uh, you mean or two thousand two, two thousand three? Yeah, two thousand two, and Dusty was with the Mr. Giants. Mr. Bart, no, uh, Mr. Bartman. Bartman was two thousand three. That's what I'm talking about. Well, okay, what you're referring to, I think we touched upon this yesterday. That a lot of the announcers were talking about what happened when Dusty was managing the Giants, and they blew a three games to two lead. However, those two games they lost to the Angels were on the road. That was in Anaheim. So. Again, I wasn't watching on television. I was at the stadium. But from what I heard was that they were referencing that. And then I think you said yesterday that they were referencing Bartman, you know, uh, right after that. That's what we thought. I don't know. All right. So it's Terrible Tuesday. We'll get into that. Should we take phone calls? 
Yes, you should. You well, know why? Since it's Terrible Tuesday and Fernando's on the phone, because that's, that's as terrible as it gets, this ought to be great. <laughs> What's going on, brother? What's happening, man? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Is this, is this the Astros Radio Network now? Yeah, it is. It, it, <laughs> uh, we go off the air today at, at 4 o'clock. How's that? <laughs> okay, I just want to say, hey, I was wrong. I was wrong. Whoa, 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 breaking news. Hold on. Pipe this. Turn everything off. Fernando is issuing an apology. That's right. Fernando is checking in, and he's going 180 degrees. I'm going to rest my voice and listen. I'm going to put my feet up. Fernando, what's happening, brother? I was saying I was wrong. I didn't think the Astros would do it. I thought the Phillies would win, so I was wrong. And I'm I'm a big man. I'll I'll admit when I'm wrong, okay? And um, congratulations on their first championship. In 2022, very nice. And um, and um, was this your first World Series? Was it my first World? No, I was there last year too. Oh, okay. So you have ten and more. Okay. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah it, it was a good series, and um, they didn't dominate, and they didn't sleep like everybody was saying. So it was four games to two. But uh, I just hope we don't find out that they cheated later on in some investigation. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> hey, Fernando. You, okay. you, still got, you still got Gurriel. You still got Bregman. You still got Altuve and somebody else on this team, too. So, okay. I just so, hope not. So, let it, you know, I have no problem, you know, you know, talking about this. I'm already going to lose my voice today. So what the heck? So, again, now, oh, just to just to just thank you. Now you're like, no, check. Great. All right. I understand why people were infuriated with the Astros in 2017. I get that. But did you listen to the show yesterday when Chris Bosio was on? Yeah, all, all, all time I listen, yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. now Boz, he restated what he said yesterday, and he said it earlier on, you know, last year, earlier, you know, again and again. Here's a guy who was the pitching coach of the Cubs during this time, and he said – Everybody was doing this. Not some teams, but everybody was doing this. And he actually came out and told us that where these cameras were put in the various stadiums. And I don't know if you remember listening to that last year. So the Astros got caught because of of, of a former player who was talking about what happened. But this is, yeah, exactly. And this is, you know, nothing, nothing new. So this is something that, again, everybody was guilty of. Astros paid the price. And, again, I was never an Astros fan. And you, and you know this. But you continue to want to go ahead and tweet out, like, I was part of this scandal or something. The only reason – I never rooted for the Astros. And you're, it never really affected me because I didn't care. Because, you know, if people want to steal signs, whether it's the old-fashioned way or technology, I could care less. To me, it, it doesn't matter. I don't understand why people get all riled up. Because you still got to, you know, see the fastball, hit the fastball, hit the curveball. You still got to do that. Okay, it's a game of failures, as we know. So it's, it's tough to do. But bottom line is, I, I'm a fan wherever Dusty is gone. You know, whether it's yeah. the Giants, the Cubs, the Reds, the the Nationals, the Astros, and you know that. So I'm just saying, for people to bring up, you know, in what happened in 2022 of what happened in 2017, to me, that is irrelevant. You've admitted it. It's ir- <laughs> there you go. Good one. But here's the thing. You talk about Altuve in, in the four guys that are still there, three, four guys that are there. Remember, mm-hmm. the ringleaders are gone. 
the ringleaders, okay, were guys in that dugout who were bench coaches, hitting coaches, managers, A.J. Hinch at the time, and those other guys that were there. And the GM, again, whether he knew or not, all those guys were gone. So this regime is totally different. So that's my only thing. You know, people want to hang on to that. That's cool, but just don't bring it up during this run and and, and try to tarnish it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I always thought you're the secret spy going down to Houston and sitting on the right field and, and, and giving signals. I thought you were the one. I, 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 I was. That was actually that was me flashing, too, except I wasn't flashing science, Fernando. I was flashing something else. There you go. Oh, I was expecting to scream on that one. Yeah. I don't know. Now the big, no, because it was a joke. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? The big question is, will they repeat? You know, man, it is so hard to repeat, and a lot of it, it it's in, it's impossible to repeat, uh, so I'm not going to predict that. Now, I did have a, a future ticket last year at 14-1 to 1 in the Astros. I lost, but I hedged off on the Braves uh, a little bit, so I, I made money, and I hedged, and I, I had the Astros at 12-1 to 1 this year. And, and again, because I felt very, very confident, I did hedge off a little bit uh, on the Phillies just to protect myself. But the bottom line is I felt very confident. I don't know if I'm going to do that future ticket next year. I'm going to have to wait and see if Verlander comes back and to see if Brantley comes back and what the Astros do free agent-wise if they bring some people in. But, you know, the nucleus is, is going to be back. Gurriel's another guy whether he's going to be back or not. And he didn't really have that great of a year. So I don't know. That's a good question. You know, and then you got to look at the landscape. Now, I will say this. Uh, I think the Aces have a great chance of repeating because they have already made that commitment to bringing that core back for the next two seasons. And then the a lot of the teams in the WNBA got weaker. So I will definitely say that team has a great chance to repeat. Astros, I think it's a little too early. See, what gets me when um, Dusty was available to um, coach the Dodgers. Remember when Manley got yep. released and that they should have jumped on Dusty right there and then. An ex-Dodger, he's well-loved everywhere. That would have been a perfect fit. It would have been. Dodgers couldn't, yeah. Dodgers couldn't see it back then, you know what I mean? Well, here's the deal but with anyway. that. I asked Dusty about that. I asked Dusty about that when it happened, uh, you know, when the opening happened. And I said, hey, man, I said, does this, you know, what do you think about this? And here's his quote. Man, they don't want me. And I go, really? And it seems weird, right? So for being Dodger fans out there, they would think like you, they're going to embrace this guy and whatever. And they just felt at that point in time, they go, they want to you know, be have an analytics guy. And what I always tell people, and Dusty says it himself, he goes, man, I was doing analytics before we called it analytics. And now people in Washington and people in Houston will tell you, hey, Dusty studies that stuff, man. He's he's into the analytics, but because he's old, people just label him as being an old school guy saying, oh, well, and he does. He does go with the the eye test, you know, and he and he because he knows his players knows what they're capable, but he does factor in the analytics. Absolutely, he does. Does he make more pitching changes maybe now because he knows he might get some heat from the front office? Yes, because they know that everybody wants to have analytics. But he felt at that time with the Dodgers, they were basically going to make him a puppet like they do with Dave Roberts. Not that he would, mm-hmm. you know. He would love to have that conversation. He would love to have that conversation and interview for that job, just like he did. And here's a lot of people don't know, but I talked about it when it happened. You know the Phillies interviewed Dusty this year, Mm -hmm. and he finished second behind Joe Girardi. 
And he interviewed for that job, and he felt pretty good. He had Bryce Harper and Larry Boa going to bat for him. And then they just came back and said, well, we're going to go with Girardi. It's like, okay. You know, so there you go. And what happens, Girardi gets fired. And so to me, that's a little apropos that Dusty and the Astros beat the Philadelphia Phillies when they had a chance to get him. And just like what you said, Dodgers had a chance to get him as well, too. Well, yeah, well, congratulations to the Astros and you and Dusty. He finally got one. He's one for five now, right? Or one for four. <laughs> Whatever it is. See, there you go, man. <laughs> you know. Hey, I hope you, hope you get better. Uh, take a shot of tequila and, uh, or like Nunchuck said, um, Jack and Coke and um, – Hope you get better. That's it. And I appreciate you, Fernando. And like I said, we will uh, we will squash a little <laughs> we'll squash the Astros talk yeah. here uh this week. So don't worry yeah. about it. And we can talk uh, we'll, so. we'll, we'll talk oh, about we'll, we'll talk about your favorite <laughs> football team, the Raiders. That's what we'll do. Oh, oh, I love it. I love they're going downhill. Their their season is over and I can't believe the media here in, in Vegas. Oh, they still have a chance. No, they don't. Wait, it's what, over. What media? I mean, well, I guess there are people that are probably still looking at the glass half full, but I mean, I I don't know. Don't yeah. don't don't remember, man. Yeah. Don't don't pl- uh, clump us all into the same batch, man. No. You know? No, 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 no. It's the other side. It's, it's, it's the radio station down the dial. <laughs> All right, brother. Appreciate hey, you, you man. Take care. Thanks, take care, guys. Man. Thanks. Take care. There day. it is. <laughs> Fernando, that is definitely breaking news. Fernando, who is a frequent on Twitter, you know, wants wants to blast everybody and everything, but he does come correct. You know, there, there's a nice little compliment from Fernando. I guess you'd call that a compliment. It was a compliment, right with a punch in the gut. It sure was. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Absolutely was. Fits right in for a terrible Tuesday, though. It's. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. (laughs) It's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, let's talk more Astros. Let's do that, right? All right, let's talk more Dusty Baker. Manager of the Year candidates. Did you see this from the American League? Here are your manager of the league candidates. Terry Francona of the Cleveland Guardians. Brandon Hyde of the Baltimore Orioles. And your third and final candidate, Scott Service from the Seattle Mariners. And your fourth would be? There is no fourth because there's only three. Oh, I thought you were going to say somebody who won a World Series. Where is Dusty Baker? Where is Dusty Baker? Where was he last year? Where was he those years in Washington? And you wonder why the guy feels slighted. Well, he came into the press conference, and when the media tried to say, hey, man, we're all rooting for you, congratulations, he goes, well, some of you were, and that's true. How in the world can Dusty Baker not be the American League Manager of the Year? Best record during the regular season. Now, if you want to say, okay, this is a regular season award, that's fine. Who won more games than anybody else in the American League? Dusty Baker. The Houston Astros. 106 victories. Not having a complete healthy Justin Verlander or a Lance McCullers or a Michael Brantley. And using these young guys to get the job done and to win the American League West by, what, 20-something games to clinch early on? 106 wins. Three American League West titles since he's been there. 
two ALCS championships this year and last year. Oh, World Series title this year. Oh, I know we can't talk about postseason, right? Okay, that's fine. Talk about the regular season. We are going to say the manager of the year is going to be a guy who managed the Guardians to 92 victories or a guy who managed the Seattle Mariners to 90 victories or a guy who managed the Orioles to 83 and 79 record. Are you kidding me? It's insulting not to just have this guy be the manager of the year, but to not put him on the ballot and have these three ham and eggers above him. Terry Francona, what did he win? What has Cleveland won? A new name. Thank you. Well, I, think, I don't think they won that. I think they got it stripped from them. They, they, you know, it's like the commanders. Give me a break. Scott Service? What's Scott Service? What's the last look that we saw at Scott Service's face? Same as Rob Thompson's. Uh-oh. Robbie Ray. Let's bring him in to pitch. <laughs> Let's bring him in to pitch to Jordan Alvarez. Are you kidding me? Get him off the ballot. It's embarrassing. Regular season? 106 wins? Is not on the ballot. The feel-good story of the year, not on the ballot. The playing best manager in all of Major League Baseball, nationally and American League, is not even on the ballot. This is why these awards are a joke. Dusty probably should have been a six-time manager of the year. He's got three, but nothing in the last decade. It's a joke. And this year, Scott Service, Brandon Hyde, and Terry Francona. They're better than Dusty Baker. What is the prerequisite here for Major League Baseball? Somebody who overachieved? That's manager of the year? That's nonsense. You know, the Astros didn't put up the type of stats and the numbers that they have in years past. You could say they overachieved, especially with the injuries. It's just ridiculous. American League Rookie of the Year. Stephen Kwan, Adley Rushman, Julio Rodriguez. No Jeremy Pena? Are you kidding me? All year long, people said it's going to be Julio Rodriguez from Seattle, Jeremy Pena from the Astros. That's it. Jeremy Pena does not make the ballot. How does this happen? World Series MVP. ALCS MVP. 22 regular season homers. Stephen Kwan has a higher batting average than these two guys, these three guys. Stephen Kwan, really? So we're just going to go Cleveland, Cleveland? Is that what we're going to do? Well, no. They're going to give it to Julio Rodriguez because they basically gave it to him already. But again, if you want to give it to Rodriguez over Pena, it's questionable, but that's okay. It's fair. It's fair. But not to put Jeremy Pena on the ballot. And here's another thing. We talk about it a lot in all of these other sports. Should you factor in the postseason? Of course you should. Absolutely you should. Because that is what the season is all about. The real season, the second season, the postseason. That's what it's all about when you're fighting for championships. But you want to make these regular season awards and give it away. Give the award the day the regular season's in. Don't you just make yourself more of a joke. 
when you want to do it two weeks after the regular season, or rather the postseason's over. Again, Stephen Kwan, Adley Rushman, that Bishop Rushman. Yeah, he was a son of a you-know-what. You know Bishop Rushman? Do you know the movie you know what I'm talking about? Why can't I? Primal Fear. Okay. Great movie. Edward Norton. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Good for you, Marty. Woo! Had that one figure. Hey, carving up that Bishop Rushman? That was a work of art. <laughs> yeah. Adley Rushman. Get him off the ballot. Stephen Kwan. Okay, Julio Rodriguez, you want to give it to him? I'm okay with that, but put Jeremy Pena. Major League Baseball is a joke when it comes to these awards, so let's remember that. All right? All right, speaking of jokes, what's going on in Indianapolis in the NFL? They fire Frank Reich after a horrendous start to the season, 3-5-1, after losing to New England on Sunday, 26-3. Now, the Colts, in this game, are you ready for these stats? They were 0-14 for on third down. 0 for 14 on third down conversions. 0 for 2 on fourth down. 121 total yards of offense. Oh, and by the way, they punted nine times. Wow. The Colts are the biggest disappointment in all of the NFL. You could talk about the Raiders. You could talk about the Packers. You could talk about the Rams. But the Colts had high aspirations. 0 for 14 on third down. Frank Reich, gone. And who is their new head coach? Jeff Saturday, their new head coach. Now, Jeff Saturday is a beloved player, was a beloved player with the Colts. 13 years, a center, hiked the ball to Peyton Manning and all those great years, right? Well, he's been with ESPN as an NFL analyst the last few years. All right? Well, Sunday, he was actually breaking down the games. And he was talking about how bad the Raiders are. Just how terrible, how bad they are. Then what happens 24 hours later, Jeff Saturday is the new head coach, the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, there's a lot of layers to this story. But first of all, let's talk about how he got this job. People are irate that Jeff Saturday got this job because he has zero head coaching experience. Owner Jim Irsay, here's his quote last night, vigorously defending the shocking and stunning decision to hire Jeff Saturday as the team's coach, saying that the first-time NFL coach is fully experienced enough. Here's the quote. He is fully experienced enough. What that means, I have no idea. What I'm, I do know what it means. It means that, okay, people are going to bash me because – I'm not hiring an offensive coordinator. I'm not hiring a defensive coordinator. I'm not hiring some former head coach who's been out of the game for a while. No, I'm hiring a guy that I believe has great football knowledge and IQ, and he loves this organization. Okay, that's fine. It didn't work so good for Bart Starr, even how much I loved Bart Starr. I mean, that was a great feel-good story in Green Bay when they hired him many, many, many years ago. But he had no head coaching experience. Just because you're a great player with that franchise and you're in their Hall of Fame doesn't mean you're qualified to be a head coach. So people are ripping Ursay for this. Ursay spoke at length last night about the toughness the Saturday displayed during his 13 years with the Colts when he made five Pro Bowls. Here's another quote. I want You want to bet against this guy? Put your money down. I'd love to see it because I know what he's all about. That's what Jim Ursay said. Ursay said the decision to fire Frank Reich was difficult, but attributed it to a sense of knowing it was 
time based on his long experience as a second generation NFL owner. His dad obviously, you know, famously moved the team out of Baltimore in the middle of the night and, and moved them out. So, yes, he's a second generation owner, so that makes him an expert with the eye test. I don't know. He goes on to say this. There's no rule book that tells you now you should make a change. It's something from being in this league 52 years. It's intuitive. That's what he said. So Jeff Saturday is your head coach. So he's working at ESPN yesterday. He's a head coach today. Oh, and by the way, he's ripping the Raiders. Who's his first game against? Right here, Sunday. Here, Jeff Saturday. Who's calling the plays, by the way? Parks Frazier. Who's Parks Frazier, you ask? Is that a combination of NBC sitcom? Is that Frazier and Parks and Recreation combo? That is that a character? Be, that would be an awesome show. Yeah, let's be. do it. Yeah, let's do it. There you go. I, th- I thought you'd have some music for that. The assistant quarterbacks coach will be calling the plays. No experience in doing that. But he does have other experience. Yes. You know what that is? He's an ordained minister. It might come in handy with this Colts team. God, I hope he's gonna be he's gonna be praying all game. <laughs> he's very close to Frank Reich. He actually officiated at Frank Reich's wedding. He's an undergra- has an undergraduate degree in computer science. Ah, there we go. You know what direction we're going, don't you? He is one of the leaders on the Colts staff in the use of technology and data. He's an analytics guy. That's right. Oh, and by the way, he does have quarterback experience. That's right. Jim Irsay wanted to let us know that he has quarterback experience at Murray State. He was a racer. Oh, I know people are running to the window. We talked about this yesterday, right, with Chuck Esposito. They're running to the window. Raiders are a six-point favorite in this game. Now, it's tough to back the Raiders considering where they're at right now. But, man, the Indianapolis Colts, they look to be a mess right now. A mess. All right. All right, that's part one of some Terrible Tuesday takes. We'll get to more stuff next hour as uh, we will get to some more Terrible Tuesday. So hang on for that. But when we come back, we'll talk a little more World Series with another World Series champion. Derek Lee joins us next. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. All right, we continue on with our World Series recap here this week with the Astros getting that title this year over the Philadelphia Phillies. A great time had by all. My voice is still trying to recuperate from from the exhausting trip. But no, it was fun. It was great, as we know. So uh, let's talk to another guy who knows a thing or two about World Series championships. Of course... World Series champion, two-time All-Star, Gold Glove Award winner, Silver Slugger Award. The list goes on and on. And another guy who played for our very good friend, Dusty Baker, the one and only Derek Lee. D. Lee, what's happening, brother? What's going on, TC? I need to hear the story about the Houston trip. Oh, man. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good, man. That's all I got to say. Pretty, 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 pretty good. The, the celebration sure was, was the celebration I'm was sure. happening, and it was it was good to to be able to be fortunate enough to to spend time with our guy, man. Uh, you know, afterwards, uh, just just so happy for him. But uh, no, man, that that stadium, as you know, electric. 
Uh, when Alvarez hit that homer, it was just you just kind of had the feeling at that point in time, but it was just downright uh, amazing with a great fan base there. But uh, nah, just just so happy, just so happy for Dusty. Yeah, I mean, I, I was reading an article. Actually, you got some play in the article too, TC. But that it was saying Dusty had something like thirteen hundred messages yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right and i was just like that just speaks to and, you know he's going to answer every single one of them yeah because that's that's just him but um there's so many people that are so happy for him and we're pulling for him so so fun to watch no doubt man um you know you played for dusty you know what that feeling's like and you know we're hearing more and more players now that are they're speaking out and talking about the experiences they you know they had and we, you know we've talked about it before where you know he was the only guy for this Houston Astros job to clean up the mess and everything but you know from a guy like yourself that you know already had history with him of course you know being from Sacramento and everything i want you to kind of just talk a little bit about what separates him for from anybody else that maybe that you played for uh, that's an easy question. You know, I, I think um, you, I think a lot of managers say they care about you, and um, you know, not just what you're doing on the field, or you know, they care about more than the player. They care about the person. But I, I've come across <laughs> I probably zero other people that really, you know, mean that like Dusty does. Um, I can't tell you how many former players I know that keep in contact who are retired finished with the game and still are in constant contact with dusty baker because um that's just the type of man he is you know he really truly cares about you cares about your family um and that alone will you know get get the guys who want to go out there and play and like you heard every single one of those astros they wanted to win it for him it's true and you know now you had a little different history than a lot of these other guys because you knew him, knew the family. Your family knew him very, very well, of course. But for these guys especially that come over from the Dominican or other other countries, I'm just flabbergasted, you know, when I talk to people that, you know, or Dusty tells the stories about, like, okay, you know, he wants to get to know that person. Not so much, you know, okay, you know, about their game. And Justin Verlander was a perfect example. When he talked about it, he goes, I did not know Dusty Baker at all. He didn't know me. And when we first met, called me in the office and basically starts asking me about my family and wants mm-hmm. to know all about my, my family and growing up and that sort of thing. But that's who he is and that's what he does, like you said, with just about everybody. And what blows me away is, like, for these people, these players that come over and, you know, he, he gets them, like, their special food that maybe you know they yeah. they can't get you, and you you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. I know. I mean, I mean, it's just like this is what he does. He wants to get to the core. He wants to make these guys feel comfortable. He wants to be able to communicate with them. That's why he learned you know Spanish at such a early you know early on in his career, and because he goes, hey man, to to manage you have to be able to communicate. He doesn't need an interpreter. Like, you know, to, to go out to the mound and talk to these guys. He can have these conversations. So these are all the things that just, you know, that come to my mind when I, I, I see this up close and personal on how he treats all these guys. And then you hear their families tell the story as well, too. Yeah, it, it takes just a seriously unique, special person. You know, I just think 
it's got to be exhausting to be Dusty. I mean, mean, he literally has so many friends. Um, He's touched so many lives. You know, there's just no stranger to Dusty. If if someone off the street comes up to Dusty and has a problem they want to talk about, he's going to talk to them about it. That's just just who he is. You know, there's nothing contrived about it. That's just who he is. He can't help himself. (laughs) Um, So he's just a truly unique, special human being. You know, every time I go to to games, I figure, okay, I'm going to be sitting next to somebody that got him that that, that got their tickets through Dusty because you know we're all we all did, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, Derek, it is crazy. Uh, and just a couple of the top of my head, one guy, uh, these two gentlemen I'm sitting next to. This was back in Washington, and they showed up, and they they were older gentlemen. And I said, oh, hi, you know, who do you know here? Oh, Dusty. I said, okay, well, how do you know Dusty? <laughs> True story. He goes. Well, he goes, I worked for the Philadelphia Phillies for the last 40 years. I was the, the, the parking lot attendant for the, the, the visitors, you know, uh, clubhouse. And, you know, so I, I would park these guys' cars and all this other kind of stuff. And then he goes, I did that for all these years. And then they moved me up and I became, I was a bartender up here at, at, at one of the concession stands uh, there in Philadelphia. And then yep. he says, every time Dusty comes to town, he goes up and talks to the guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah. There's, here's one of your, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that, that same story, you know, differently probably a hundred times. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I was sitting next to his to a limo driver that would take Dusty, like, back and forth to his place in Chicago, Okay. And this, and here's this guy saying, "Oh yeah, that, you know that was like you know 15 years ago, or whatever." But still stays in contact. <laughs> yep, <laughs> he just that's just him, you know. He just, that is just, I mean, he came to see me up in I have a place up in Idaho. I'm like Dusty, what are you doing up here? He called me out of the blue. Oh, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm heading over to Montana to see someone out in the middle of you know nowhere <laughs> and, and i know he was talking about i know who he, he was going he was going up to do some hunting and some fishing with some people up on the reservation up there that's yeah yeah i know i, I know those guys <laughs> you got friends everywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah when i was back there uh during the regular season he said hey man you know we're gonna go out you know after the game he goes oh i i, I forgot he goes i got the chief in town and i'm going what he goes you got to meet the chief you got to come out with us i go the chief i go what are you talking Talking about, you know, he goes, "Oh no, the chief gives me my war paint and all this other kind of stuff." Yeah. And these are, and where are they from? He goes, "They're from Montana." So I know this. This is the thing. True story, D. True story. So he says, "He goes, yeah, you got to come out with us." And then he's got the chief, and the chief has eighteen people with him. He got the chief eighteen tickets for for the series for the for every every game in the series. I'm going, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, so I get a chance to meet the chief. True story. Can't make this stuff up. Chief says, Hey, um, you know, Dusty's gonna come over here tomorrow and we're gonna bless him. Um, we would like you to come come over, you know, with us to the hotel here because we're staying in the same hotel, and we'd like to bless you as well too because you're a friend of Dusty's. I go, well, <laughs> I don't know about this, and it was this, it was this ceremony, and sure enough, Derek, it was the day of the trading deadline, and Dusty made time. He's on the phone with James Click, 
and and Jim Crane, and he's going, okay, just a second, I'll be right there. And he's in, true story, he's in the hallway saying, okay, well, I, I don't know if we, uh, we want this guy. I don't want this guy, this and that, da, da, da. <laughs> Let me call you back in about 10 minutes. And we go into the chief's room. Next thing you know, we've got burning incense. We've got fire going. We have all this stuff. We're facing east so the chief can bless us with this with this ritual Native American, uh, uh, you know, blessing. And there you Only go. Only Dusty. Yeah. Only Dusty. Exactly. Yeah. We we got to stop giving up the stories because he's going to have no doubt in number one New York Times bestseller book when he's when he's all said and done. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Great stuff. But I know that you got plenty. So you got you got to just share one for our listeners. Okay. Share share one or two. Whether it was plain days or after the fact, uh, doesn't matter, man. Hit, hit us. Hit everybody with something. Oh my God! Something that I mean, really resonated with you, I guess. Maybe when you first came to Chicago. I don't know. It's up to you. Oh, um, I, I have so many stories. I, I think for me, um, was just the phone call when I was thinking about going to Chicago. Just Dusty, just telling me, um, you know, how, how he felt about me, what he thought I could be, at, not you know, as a as a player, what Chicago would be for me. Um, and it just changed my career around. So, you know, nothing exciting. But for me, just right. that first conversation about coming over to Chicago, um, it literally turned my career around from just an average career to, you know, really um, doing something in the major leagues and, <clears throat> you know, basically changing the rest of my life. Derek Lee joins us. Now, you won a World Series championship the year before you joined the Cubs. And, again, you know, Cubs fans are going, oh, yeah, we've got to remember that uh, with the Florida Marlins. How much does winning a World Series as a player change your life, I mean, on and off the field? Well, it's just something no one can ever take away from you. Um, You know, you're a champion for life. But the the funny thing about that first championship is you're kind of naive. I was was kind of naive. I just figured I was going to get a World Series. And, And now once you get that first one, now you, you, you really have a taste of it, and you want the second one worse than you want the first one. It's like it becomes an addiction. <laughs> right. And, but, you know, I never got back to the World Series, so you just realize how hard it is to get there, to you know, to even get there, let alone to win one. So, you know, people say, well, you know, like it's automatic. Dusty was supposed to win one over the years. It's just really not. It's, it is extremely hard to make it to the World Series and then to win on top of that. It's just, you know, not only do you have to be good, but you have to have the breaks going your way that year. You do, and you're so right about that. And, you know, everybody could probably say, well, it's tough in every sport. But, and again, you may be biased, but, you know, you played baseball, but it's 162 regular season games. And then you got the series after that. And then again, you got the long, you know, you get the spring training. And you basically it's, it's eight months, eight to nine months. If, if you go through the extended, you know, portion of the season here, I mean, I, I feel it has to be the toughest sport to, to win a world series. And again, with, let's throw in the fact that it's a game of failures too. I mean, again, you know, if you, you're a huge success, from a, a hitter standpoint, if you connect on three out of ten times that you're you're at the plate and you get on base, yeah. But I, I think it just. Be, I mean, look look at our last champions. I mean, not. It's obvious the best team does not always win in baseball. 
um, I mean, you know, you would have the, what Dodgers in the World Series for sure this mm-hmm. year, right? Right. I mean, you just never know. There's just so many variables. Um, it's kind of like golf. You know, one bad one bad inning, one bad play can literally, you know, change the course of a series. So it, it's just extremely hard. And on top of that, like you said, 162 games, got to stay healthy. Um, it is just extremely hard to get through the postseason and come out on top. Have you ever been on a team that got no hit before? And obviously I'm referencing what happened with the Phillies because we go in that series – where this was the this was the series changer in my opinion. I mean, they hit five home runs, set a Major League Baseball World Series record with five home runs, and then next night they get no hit, and then their bats basically were shut down after that. Now, you could obviously you know you give credit to the Astros pitchers because that pitching staff was phenomenal, but then again, you know you could say okay. You know, that mentally messed them up after being no hit. So kind of speak to that, if that makes sense to you. And then and then back to the first part about, have you ever been on a team that got no hit? Um, I, I don't think I've been on a team that's got no hit, TC. Okay. But I think you, you're exactly right, and that's the, that's the thing about a long series. Um, <clears throat> it's a game of adjustments because they have all the information on you, right? So they know how to attack. Every hitter, they go into the game with the game plan on each hitter, and they're kind of waiting on the hitter to make an adjustment. The Phillies just never made the adjustment. Um, and, 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 you know, they have a great lineup, but that's kind of the type of hitters they are. They're kind of an all-or-nothing lineup. They can go deep with the best of them, but they can also strike out with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> the Astros' game plan was good, and it worked, and the Phillies didn't make that adjustment. And um, it wasn't like the – Astros tore the cover off the ball, but they were able to put the ball and play a little bit more. Obviously, the pitch their pitching was unreal. Um, but you know that's that we saw we kind of saw how a long series can play out and and why great pitching and defense wins in the postseason. No, you're right. Hey, what kind of pitcher? Not not a name of a pitcher. I mean, you can throw that if you want to. But I'm just curious. You know, what kind of pitcher was the toughest for you to face? Um, you, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, like watching these guys on TV today, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I would have made it. These right? guys doing, they're all throwing a hundred. You know, when I saw a hundred miles per hour, it was a straight, um, it, well, first of all, it was extremely rare. And it was a situation where if a guy was throwing that hard, I was cheating to the fastball and he threw me a breaking ball. I had no chance. Mm-hmm. And I watched these guys and they act like the guy's throwing 92. <laughs> you know what I mean? But all, all that being said, for me, the tougher guys were the guys like the Maddoxes who um, would never throw it over the plate. <laughs> Everything was kind of just off the plate. And, you know, just I, I, so basically the guys with the really good command yeah. and uh, could change speeds was, was, was very tough for me. Yeah, yeah. How about knuckleballers? I mean, we don't see it anymore, but you faced a couple uh, during your time. Is that tough? Or because we see a lot of knuckleballers where they have very high ERAs. And I know they have problems with command, but I'm just wondering from a hitting standpoint, do you like seeing that? Or you're like, oh, no, not a knuckler. I, You know, they didn't bother me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're throwing one pitch. You know what's coming. You know, there are the times they just throw that super nasty one and you're not going to hit it. But they're also, you know, throughout the course of a game, you're going to get a few that are up and not doing much that you have a chance to do something with. Right. Derek Lee uh, joins us, uh, World Series champion, two-time All-Star Gold Glove Award winner, Silver Slugger Award. 
And uh, also, again, the guy that played for our good friend, Dusty Baker. I want to leave with, with this, Derek. And it, it's something that we had talked about before and we talked about with uh, – we had Dave Stewart on yesterday. And, um, you know, we talk about the the lack of black Americans in this World Series. There, there were none. But then, you know, you got Dusty who, who managed the Astros, and, and that's great. Um, we see the, the declining numbers. And you were a guy that was a multi-sport guy yourself. And, you know, we see that a, a lot of, um, you know, players will select one sport in, you know, while they're in high school now. And, and it was happening back when you played as well, too. And you could have played any sport. And we've talked about this, you know, you know numerous times here. But, you know, for you, you're getting a lot of the, the I would say, the black athletes that are growing up that, you know, you got the AU coaches and basketball are putting a lot of uh, pressure for these guys. Hey, come play for me year round, you know, play basketball and this and that. Well, you kind of went the opposite way. You played baseball, which is kind of rare when you look at it. But what do you think is, is, is the major reason for this and, and what can be done to get more of these kids, you know, playing baseball so we can get these numbers back up? Oh man, that you know we could talk about this for a while. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, <laughs> and speaking to, to go back, Dusty, yet yeah, zero black players in the World Series is a problem. Mm-hmm. That's that's a major problem. Dusty being the third African American manager to win a World Series is shocking and a problem. Mm-hmm. So we have problems in our game, obviously, um, that need addressed. I, I, you know, I think we're touching on them. Um, Major League Baseball is aware of them. Um, we, we now have the Players Alliance working on this issue. Um, so there are small steps being taken. I, it, it, and it's such a large issue. Um, I mean, my son plays travel ball. Travel ball is taking over. I'm not a fan of travel ball. Right. I pay $250 a month for him to play, you know, 50 to $75 on the weekends for him to play in the tournaments. A bat can be up to $400, you know, then you got cleats, gloves, blah, 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 blah. So economically, if, if I'm a parent and I'm looking at baseball or basketball or football, I'm probably picking not baseball if I'm in a tight spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just ridiculous economically. So, so that's to me, the, probably the number one issue. Second, you know, if I turned on the world series, I didn't see anyone, that look like me, well, that that speaks volumes. You know, it's nice we have Meek Mill and, you know, coming out before the game. But, you know, does that move the needle if we had seven African-American players hitting game-winning home runs in the World Series? You know, or we turn on a commercial and we see, you know, a black baseball player on there. We, we just don't see it. So kids don't have anyone really to identify with. It, it's tough. Um, I don't know. I, there's there's numerous issues. I don't have the answers. Um but you you know something has to be done because um, it, it's just it's too bad for the game to be honest. Yeah, and I mean we hear Rob Manfred you know, you know trying to say the right things. I don't know if he's actually you know you know doing enough or 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 what. But uh, you're right, it's a problem. It's it, it is it is definitely a major problem. And again, I don't think anybody you know that we talk to you know has those answers. But we can just only hope that uh, that it does get better. Because uh, we remember how it was. I mean, you go back to that. I, I've, I've used this analogy. I mean, you go back to the 79 Pirates. Uh, you, you had 10 um, yeah. 
African-Americans just on that team alone, yep. you know, with the Willie Stargells yep. and the Dave Parkers and, you know, the list kind of goes on and on with those guys. But it's a, uh, and now, you know, we're, we're down to like 11%. It's, it, it is shocking. I, I, I don't think it's that high, TC. You know, I think you're right. There's like seven percent. I think we talked about this. You know, a few weeks ago. Yeah, and, and maybe lower than seven percent. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. No, you're and, right. You know, then you then you go through college baseball, and then, like I said, my son I, and I kind of look around, and I don't. You know, the pipeline is is, is not much better. So something has to be done. All right, and so we got another little D Lee. I mean, is he is he raking already or what? He can play, you know. Um, I, Is he six five already at the age of thirteen? <laughs> he's six one in my shoes, TC. Well, you saw him. Yeah, I did. I don't know if you yeah. paying attention, but yeah, he's wearing my shoes. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> I know I wasn't a fourteen until I was. 14 so he's he's a little ahead of me <laughs> that is too funny man that's funny all right do you appreciate the time as always man uh you know keep on keeping on all right man let me let me know when you get those dusty sightings and when you're up in idaho again okay <laughs> all right, TC, i'm glad you got to get back there and enjoy it i did man it was it was a lot of fun and uh again it's always great i know we'll be celebrating with our guy uh you know real soon back home so i know Sounds good man take care brother appreciate you you too. All right. There he is, Derek Lee, one of the best. No question, one of the best hitters, one of the best fielders, Silver Slugger Award winner, Gold Glove Award winner, and a World Series champion. And again, you know, part of the Dusty Baker entourage. Uh, what's next? Uh, party. <laughs> Dusty, enjoy it. That's it, man. Oh, our friend Dusty Baker. Uh, loving it. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. Um, I will reach out to Dusty again once things settle down and, and try to get him on. But I'm going to have Darren Baker on next week. I'm going to have Darren on. And Darren will have some great stories. And people remember, you know, Darren from being the Bat Boy when he was three and a half years old. The Giants and J.T. Snow had to pick him up. Uh, Darren is now uh, an aspiring Major League ball player coming up. He's in the minors right now. And uh, in the Washington Nationals organization. So uh, always good to see Darren, a, a kid that I've known uh, ever since a very young age. So I thought it'd be interesting to have him on, and we'll have him on next week. All right, we come back. We got more coming your way. We got NFL and a whole lot more on this Terrible Tuesday.